Welcome to the Reality Quest podcast. Hey, Jay. Hey, Kelly. What is Reality Quest? We are beginning on an endeavor to explore the world of virtual reality, augmented reality, spatial computing, XR, as the industry is really leaning towards referring to it now. Basically, that whole domain, we want to find interesting individuals and sit down and have real conversations and really uh, understand what's going on, what kinds of things people are doing, the kinds of experiences that they're having, whether that's in art or uh, medical science or in narrative experimentation, whatever it is. We want to understand how these technologies are affecting people, how they're changing the world and where we might be going. And then at the end, we want to kind of gather together all of that information, do a little bit of more research on our own from the things that we learn and then kind of collect it into a condensed uh, capstone sort of episode that we hope will be a good overview of where the industry is at, where the field is going and some of the potential implications and maybe a little bit of speculation on how these effect, these technologies are going to affect the world. That sounds good to me. So we first started out by talking to Katie Kelly. Indeed. Katie Kelly, which is not this Kelly, just to be clear. People yeah, mess us up it's, a lot. Yeah, I was say, it's confusing. Very difficult. Kelly, Katie Kelly. This is yeah. Kelly of a different last name. Kelly Luckily, it's not Katie. <laughs> That would be real confusing. <laughs> Let me tell you about Katie Kelly. She works over at the Microsoft, the that <laughs> that big old company the over Microsoft. there. Yes. Microsoft. She works um, at uh, Bill Gates. Right. Our company. I feel like they're going to get mad at me somehow. <laughs> um, Microsoft. That's not our name. Um, I mean Microsoft. Misrepresenting the brand. Yeah, right. So she worked at Altspace. When it was a startup, she was a community manager. Um, and Altspace is a social VR uh, platform. So that means like where people can go to meet up and hang out uh, in a virtual space. So that could be like by a little campfire where you're meeting strangers. It could be in a living room where you're hanging out with friends. And now she leads the team. They've since been acquired by Microsoft and she leads the team there. So she knows a whole heck of a lot about social VR. I really liked throughout the conversation how it became very clear that she has brought a lot of her strong social energy and emotional intelligence to the platform. Um, and in that way is helping to utilize those skills and exploring the medium um, and really defining a lot of best practices and interesting ways to uh, help people interact constructively in the virtual environment. Totally. I think this episode will give people some insight into that world, especially, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I learned that I didn't know about the social VR world and, and what people are doing with it, meaning like the users, how they're using it, and also what the people like Katie and her team are doing in order to manage it and make it a positive experience for people. And it really does. I mean, it gave me hope about things. I hope there are people like Katie Kelly are managing the future of social VR yeah. and all social things. I mean, Katie's just honestly a wonderful person. And we have lots of great conversations about human connection and, and all of that, you know, outside of VR as well. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> the conversation definitely wanders into a number of different topics. But we should uh, we should definitely get on to the episode. I because... guess so, yeah. People are probably sick of listening to us. <laughs> we think too much. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks too much. I talk too much. Together, we're going to ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the episode.
if you could sit down and have a conversation with literally anyone in the world in any time as well, who would it be? You're starting out with the easy ones. You know, you <laughs> if know, you don't have somebody right off the top of your head, that's no, okay. you know the the New York Times like questions that you ask your partner and it goes through like one through fifty and it gets you in more intimate, intimate, intimate. Oh yeah, yeah that's the like one. Number, that's no, like number four. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Oh my about. goodness, look it up. Are New, you, is that New York Times right? questions for intimacy. Okay, I was gonna say, is that the one where there was a researcher that was trying to figure out if you could make people fall in love by yes. just having them talk for the first time? Yes, in like four, like a four hour conversation. Through all of those like, questions. Yeah, and then Ooh. that. At the end of it, if I remember correctly, you you would make eye contact for like four minutes mm-hmm. straight without breaking. And then the idea uh, was that you'd probably be in love with them by the end of all of that. Absolutely. I, I think we should all just try it right now. Yeah. Wait, so wait, actually, wait, how does the staring work? Because there's like, three of us. I'm really good at separating like, my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so you just you're gonna like one eye for each person. Yeah. So okay. I've actually done that before. I did it as part of like a yoga training I've thing. I'm so curious too. Oh, I love eye gazing. I've done so many eye gazing mm-hmm. workshops. I, I, oh. I, that it's so interesting. Me for some so reason. nice. It's well, like, the time we yeah. did it, everyone in that class started laughing except for us. And actually, a weird part about it was like. The girl that I was doing it with, I thought would be the ultimate person laughing, like that she wouldn't take it seriously. And we just locked eyes and neither of us broke. And then she started crying. Oh. It was crazy. We went wow. from like not knowing each other at all and like me She's kind of judging sobbing. her to be like, oh, yeah. And then she was crying. And then since then, it was like it didn't take much conversation. We d- It was like we saw into each other's it. souls. Yeah, you like just connected on yeah. such a deep level just by staring at one another. Right. But like you do that so rarely in normal life with anyone. Mm-hmm. So like you suddenly do that with even just a random person. And all of a sudden it's just profound. Yeah, I led my first <laughs> connection workshop at Burning Man last year. Ooh, and that's... it was so much fun because I got to bring in all like my little connection exercises. And, mm. and eye gazing is one of my favorite. But one of my favorites is you walk around a space and you randomly just pick a partner and you stare into their <sighs> eyes but then the narrator will say imagine all the ways that you are similar with this person all the ways that you grew up kind of a similar way that you were a baby that you fell in love that you had your heart broken like really connect and then you walk around again and you connect with somebody else and imagine all the ways you're different all the different ways that Mm -hmm. your universes have have disconnected and had all these different experiences the last one you wander (laughs) around you make eye contact with somebody and the narrator goes Imagine falling in love with this person. This person is the love Ooh. of your life. I just got chills. <laughs> I know, just like, just mm. stare at them and know that That's... they love you intimately. And then you have this moment. You're like, oh my god, I think I'm in love. Yeah, yeah. You just, just so it like triggers all of that rush of endorphins and everything. Which, and it's just, which is interesting because yeah. I I did my first. I, I started doing connection workshops in virtual reality. Oh, and so That's cool. At my job, I did my first one where Altspace has a way that you can invite a bunch of people into a space together, but you. You can have as many people in a space as you want. So between mm-hmm. five and 20 people, 30 people, and then you can have multiple rooms and just fill them with people. Yeah. And then you break the space time continuum and you mirror, <laughs> and you mirror the host to each one of those rooms. Oh. So you can have a thousand people watching the same mm-hmm. experience because I am talking to all a thousand, but I am only seeing 20 at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not literally talking to a crowd. Exactly. Like of, yeah. And so I had a spaces limited to five people because I wanted them to be able to connect with each other. Okay. And so exactly. I had like 20 rooms open, five in each, and then 
then I told them different exercises to relate to each other mm -hmm. and questions like, if you had to describe yourself from the person that loves you most in the world, how would they describe you and talk about it in the first person? Mm -hmm. So it'd be like, um, I'd be my mother and I'd go, oh, Katie tries so hard and she loves so deeply and she's like doing all these things and people will finally talk about themselves in a positive way. Oh. But I would go to these virtual spaces, see them talking about their experience and you'd have somebody in Iowa talking to somebody that was in Norway, all like being like really <sighs> intimate cool. and deep with each other. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was that was a good <laughs> moment for VR for me. Yeah. Was was there some sort of magical, um, just something that came out of that number five people in a room? Um, there was a time in the past when I went to a language school, studied there for a year. This was always in the military. And they had us sitting in rooms of five to one teacher mm. for an hour at a time. And then they would rotate out. You'd get a 10-minute break and then get a new teacher. And it still, it's the same five students, but a new teacher every time. So, like, I'm wondering if there's some sort of research around that being, like, a threshold for how many people you can develop a more like intimate connection with. I think it's probably based on our own experiences. I feel like yeah. as soon as you have the one-on-one, -on -one, that's where I feel like a lot of my magic is when you finally mm -hmm. can connect with somebody. But if you want the group experience of group connection, anything beyond five, I feel like the people don't feel like they have a right to say anything. Yeah, Five still yeah. feels like, oh, I have to participate. I want to speak. Like if one person's talking, it's an audience exactly. rather than just talking to one another directly. Exactly. But I'm yeah. curious what the research there is. Yeah, I am too. Because I mean, that, that was a particularly um, interesting and also... I feel like it was effective because I did make really close friends with every single person um, in that class. Mm -hmm. And it was only five other classmates, even though our entire cohort was maybe like 30, 40 people. Yeah. And that's so. where my biggest interest is when it comes to, because I obviously I work at Altspace, but there's a lot mm -hmm. of different social experiences in, in VR that I think the goal is how do you connect people as quickly as possible? Because right now yeah. your friends and family don't have virtual reality. So it's mm -hmm. a lot of strangers interacting. So now we have to work harder designing a product so it like convinces people that they want to be closer friends so things like that like yeah. small amounts of people how do you make people feel like they have a right to talk that mm -hmm. they want to speak that's super interesting and also because like I've been in alt space and I get overwhelmed when there's like a group of people and I'm like that I'm so like <laughs> talkative in real life and I'll go up to people I guess it's just you know I I were it's the whole crowd effect of mm -hmm. like I get intimidated by it mm -hmm. just as I would in, groups, in real actually. life What'd you say? Like, in, there's certain settings where this doesn't happen, but like, generally, I tend to be an extrovert. In it's like a certain mode because I also need the time alone mm -hmm. to recover. So I'm probably not really an extrovert, but it's a scale. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spectrum. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, but it's actually like whenever I end up in certain types of group settings, like more than three or four people, um, maybe five. I'm not exactly sure. I tend to hang back mm -hmm. and become part of the audience or like just a fly on the wall and observe more. And then there's certain times in like a classroom setting where for whatever other reasons, I feel suddenly uh, more comfortable to just speak out and like ask questions and just participate more. What about being in a classroom makes you feel more comfortable? Uh, I think maybe because it's a structured environment where that's the purpose. Mm -hmm. And like lots of people don't feel comfortable asking questions in classrooms. So, I mean, maybe that is something specifically that in the way I interpret that, that, but, um, I don't know. I just, I, in classrooms, particularly like in college, I tended to be the, um, one of the people that was standing up and, and engaging the professor a lot more. Particularly if I was interested in the topic. Absolutely. But I feel like maybe that's also getting into personality elements as well. 
Well, it's interesting too what you said, Kelly, because I feel like virtual reality in a lot of ways, especially when you're entering a social environment, you're entering a different country. You don't know what the rules are. You don't mm. know what the language is. You don't know what they agreed upon. Oh, like, weird. I didn't even think yeah, about that. Yeah, way people are interacting. Mm-hmm. So we have people that come into Altspace that are just like, I don't know what the rules are or culture of this place. How I can't just uh, enter into yeah. here and like be big and vocal. You need right. to wait and figure out, oh, like. <laughs> and I'm like, do all these people know each other already? <laughs> you know, like, am I the weird loser that's like <laughs> accidentally <laughs> teleporting everywhere? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I didn't mean to press yeah, that button. Yeah, it's, <laughs> not, it's not even. Everyone's like, who's this girl? It's not even trying to figure out the rules of the culture. It's you don't actually know how to physically move in space. Yeah. You are like a child entering a space. And you're like, I don't know how to move. I don't like, know how, how to talk. How do I use my hands? How do I even speak? Do I mute myself? Do I not? It's like the basics. And then you're also expected to talk to people. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay, because I have so many questions, but also I think we should, because we got into alt space way sooner than what I thought we would. Like it just naturally I mean, came up like, in the weirdest way. But I feel like we should, we should back yeah, up. So we're going to reverse. So let's reverse this. Then we'll come, we'll, we'll keep talking about alt space and come back to learning more about Katie. Yeah. But I think we should get into like for anyone listening, if they don't know what alt space is or what social VR uh, is, we yes, should like talk a little bit course. about it. This is what we were talking about earlier is like making sure that people actually have right. the context with you along the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So alt space. Tell us about Perhaps, it, Katie. Yeah, what, give us some context. What is on it? That. So alt space VR is a social VR platform. And what that basically means is you can put on a headset anywhere in the world and you are in a room with other people. And we have everything from uh, meetups to comedy shows to just sitting around and talking with your friends. Um, but our, our goal is to give you a place where you want to be and connect with other people. And so what it feels like is when you put on your headset, you are an avatar. You can look down. You can see your hands move. You look up. You see other avatars around. Each of those avatars, every eyeball that you see is an actual person on another headset on some par- in some place in the world who has a VR headset on looking at you too. And it starts to feel really fast, like you're actually in this different environment. And so our goal is to make people feel really welcome. And one of the best ways for strangers to feel welcome in a space is to have an event that they're interested in. Mm -hmm. So our events Uh, can be things like... Uh, you're talking about your favorite movie and it's a meetup or we do have movie nights and we have um, LGBT meetups. Um, we have, again, comedy shows and yoga classes and meditation classes. Oh, that's cool. We have over <laughs> 100 events a week and many of them are put on by our community just on topics that they are interested in talking yeah. to other people about. That's really interesting because I uh, I never I haven't personally used AltSpace um, because I don't even have my own headset right now. Um, I've definitely experimented with lots of others other other people's, but it's just not something that I've been able to utilize from like a recreational standpoint on a regular basis. So it's interesting to me that people find it uh, worthwhile to jump in and have like this group cinematic experience where they're watching a movie together in a virtual space. Absolutely. Looking at a virtual screen. Well, I think it's, we're still in the place where the people that are using VR are very interesting people mm-hmm. um, because you have to, well, that's <laughs> not your general population. <laughs> well, no, not in the, in the way that a lot of VR is, is much more attainable now. So you have the mm. Oculus Go, it's 200 bucks. You can yeah. order, it comes to your place. So you I would use the cardboard. Yeah. And, or the cardboard. Yeah. Um, and I talked to, I, and, I, and you meet so many interesting people. So when you go into all space, you're actually, you're just like, hi, who are you? And I met mm-hmm. this one guy, he was in Scotland and he was in his mid sixties and his wife had just passed away and she had, had Alzheimer's for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so he had gotten the Oculus Go, um, during that time. Cause it was a way for him to, to, to just 
try things outside of his sphere. He hadn't tried social VR yet. Yeah. And then after his wife passed away, he tried alt space. And I talked to him. He said, I'm just so, oh, I haven't had friends so... in 10 years. Oh my gosh. I haven't wow. connected with people. Okay. And this woman that I've been talking to who lived in Arizona came up next to me and said, hi, my name's Laura. What's your name? And then just like took him by the virtual hand and then teleported <laughs> off into some other space. Whoa. So it's people like him. Yeah. But then you also have, I talked to a mom that had just put her kids to bed. And she's like, I can't go to the neighborhood bar and yeah, see my friends. And get that sort of social experience. Exactly. I But I can actually put on a headset and now I can meet my friends in virtual reality. Huh. That is really cool. Yeah. yeah there's just, there's so many, well, yeah. It, there's so many different ways that the, uh, that the platform's being used that I think most people, when they look at that, their first thought is, well, it's inferior to real life. Why wouldn't you do it in real life? Um, you know, like, why wouldn't you actually go to the bar and hang out with friends? Or why wouldn't you go to an actual movie mm -hmm. with friends? But it's, that connection and it really expands your horizon and what you can do. With well, other we're also really privileged to be able to say we can do that yeah. when there's a lot of people in the world that can't, or mm. they don't have access to the same experiences that we might in Seattle, Washington, that we can go down yeah. downtown and, and go to a comedy show or something else. Mm. So you do, I, I met um, a woman today that says I'm disabled. I can't go out mm. as often as I would like. And I suddenly feel like I've created a whole community that I didn't have access to before. Yeah. Another, we actually have quite a few of, um, awesome uh, users that identify with some disability. And there was a woman that has MS that's a comedian and she can't go to, and she lives in New York. She can't walk downstairs to a tiny comedy club. So instead we gave her a VR headset and now she does comedy shows in VR on Sunday nights. Oh, that's wow. awesome. So it's, it's more asking the questions like we, how do you make experiences more democratized? Mm -hmm. um, and also how do you give access to people? Because I met yeah. I had one of my favorite stories. I started the first LGBT meetup in alt space probably like two years ago. Yeah. And I put on my headset and I just start asking everybody there like oh like what is it like being gay where you are and mm -hmm. some people a couple a couple talked about being gay in South Africa another guy was talking about how he was having to take a test because he lived in Turkey to prove that he was gay um, because they wouldn't let him join the military otherwise but they didn't believe that he was gay uh. but then there was this girl that came up and she had actually tapped one of our other alt space team members on the virtual shoulder like just like waved in front of him and told him through text that I, I want to speak, but I can't say the word gay. And so he said, um, Katie, like this girl wants to speak, but she can't say the word gay because her family can hear her. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, what's your favorite, what's one of your favorite like uh, candies? And she goes, chocolate. So I said, okay, every time you want to say the word gay, say the word chocolate. So she told this entire group of people about her favorite types of chocolate, how many other people in her school love chocolate. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> one month later, she lived in like rural Nebraska. One month later, she said that she could come out to her family mm -hmm. because she actually found her community in VR that she felt like once a week she could say hi to. And she was like, oh, she never had access to that community before. And now yeah. all of a sudden she did. And so, again, it's like all these people have access to experiences they never had before because of virtual reality. Yeah. Do people dance in alt space a lot? Oh, for sure. How do you dance Ooh. with the, with the avatars? Oh, because they're like, question. which that's exactly what I was going to ask too. Ooh, so, like, we're on the same twins. page. Brain twins. Air high five. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, people come into alt space and dance all the time. We had a we've had a dance off where we use people use leap motions, um, and that allows you when you have a leap motion attached to your headset, mm -hmm. um, your your you fingers are actually tracked. Yeah, they're they're, oh, yeah. they're articulated. Yeah, so right? we had a whole like finger dancing like oh, dance off. Uh, finger wait, a dancing. Finger dan like, yeah, it's oh. just like tons of movement of fingers. Like when My fingers are, are going crazy here, and people. they do like the EDM yeah. sort of things yeah. with the, the glows. Oh. Yeah, but uh, one of people's close. favorite reasons to, to host an event in alt space is just a dance party so they'll just oh, put on their okay. favorite tracks like we have dj 
DJs popping out from everywhere. Just put on their favorite music. People come in and you just see bobbing. They're like based, swaying yeah, back and forth. Based but. on their headset because <laughs> if, if you have the go or the, yeah. the gear, um, it tracks your head movement and it tracks like one hand. So you can see like some hand oh, movement. Oh, true. If you have the higher end headsets, you get like both hand action. Yeah, I was going to say you got two And then they have colors. some full body tracking options too. So you, get some, you can see like a little bit of leg movement, the whole thing going. Wow. It's pretty. It's pretty good. That's intense. Yeah, actually. I would definitely join for that. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, and you don't need to worry about what you're wearing. I mean, you I never, was gonna say yeah, you never know. Like, oh, you know, there's always somebody there that's probably naked in their living room. But I was just more, thinking that, but mostly for myself. Socks. But more yeah. power to them. Yeah, <laughs> why god. not? Let's not get into that. Oh god, naked, oh, no. naked the, with the... just the socks. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. I, I want to. You want to get go into there? I, go I there. I feel like it's it's just. I it's don't know. Funny... We I, this could be dangerous. When Jay and I did an audio <laughs> test, we talked about this for like at least an hour. But go ahead. You can just uh, now we've talked about okay. it too much. You got to get for the context. Naked dancing yeah, just okay, your socks. Okay. So it's basically like it. We were talking about the different levels of awkwardness based on like these sort of unspoken rules. Like when you have no pants on but a shirt, mm-hmm. and you're just completely naked from the waist down. Like, why is that? Why does that feel so much more awkward than being without your shirt versus if you're wearing a shirt and shoes and socks and no pants or just the different configurations that you could get into? I don't know. That seems a little bit obvious to me. What What is your... I just feel like there's like a, a certain portion of the genitalia <laughs> that when exposed just feels a little bit more awkward than any other piece of open <laughs> open air body. Well, what if... You, but if you're but completely you're... naked... Right. That's like that you're kind of uniform. So then you're just like, oh, I'm in my birthday suit, basically. True. true. If you're wearing a shirt, then that's a little more awkward because you're like, I think there's a word for that. Winnie the Pooh. Do you know this word? The witty, the witty. Just wearing the shirt? <laughs> no, there's the shirt. Oh. Shirt cockers. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys not know this? No, no I no. didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. This may not be appropriate for this. <laughs> I was just like, wow, we never thought about no, like, like a what, term for well, yeah. or no, I'm not, I'm not talking about oh. a term, but that's hilarious. You're like, I thought about this so much that I don't have a term. I never named it. Now my answers are here. No, I was just thinking like we have no idea. <laughs> Speaking of like what our audience will be, and so we're like, yeah. ooh, do we PG? I say just go for it, and we'll just put yeah, warnings. Yeah, yeah. We'll say adult content. Yeah, F- I was gonna say F that. Yeah, I think I think that was I, I learned this again. I'm I'm a burner. Fair enough. It's only six year going. Yeah. Um, but shirtcockers are always just kind of awkward because you you could be like dancing out in the desert and then you look to your right and there's some person there you're talking a little bit and then you look down and you're like oh I really wish Whoa. I hadn't done that you're like, ah, really mm. no keep the eye eyes. contact yeah. yeah because it's a surprise yeah. shirtcockers are it's always a, a surprise you're like it's not the good kind of surprise no though. but wait a minute are they wearing shoes too. Yeah. Or they, okay. Yeah. So I mean, I, and I, socks and probably socks. Yeah. Well, I think mm-hmm. that is even more awkward than being naked but with just a shirt. Like when you, if you're barefoot, then it's like, okay, well, at least your feet are still uncovered with your legs, and it's like maybe this is pajamas for you. But if you have, <laughs> <laughs> but if you have, if you have socks and shoes on, nothing on your your bottom half, and then a shirt, it's more then like all an of a sudden, sandwich. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you were prepared to go out into public without anything You're very from the waist. Yeah, instead of just accidentally <laughs> walking yeah. out with, like, with just <laughs> forgot you your pants. You weren't caught getting the mail right. early in the morning or something. <laughs> Has this well, happened to you? No. 
I know he has so many questions about it. Does I know that's a very specific circumstance, but no. Uh, or like you know, you're going hiking, so you're like wearing your your like uh, calf socks and hiking boots, but no pants and a a nice hike a backpack maybe. Oh right, like that that is another really awkward looking situation. So just pretty much anything you add after the fact, it makes it more awkward. Yeah, if you're doing anything without pants, but other things as well, right? Like you were wearing everything else, right? That's like the most awkward state that you could be in. Like, you might as well just go completely nude <laughs> at that point. So, Katie, do you have any, like, good friends who are shirt cockers? Is that what it was what? called? Yes. Yeah, do you, any, any you do. burner burner shirt cockers? No, I mean, that is what it was called. Do I have any friends that are shirt cockers? Um, <laughs> do they identify as a shirt cocker? No, I, I think I think there's... <laughs> and is it mostly guys? Are there any girls? No, I think shirt cockers are specifically guys. What, what do you so call what do you the girl g- yeah, version? That's a good question. I don't know. We can make that one up, but I feel like that would get pretty inappropriate. Mm, yes. guys, yeah. <laughs> shirt flowers. <Is> there sh- <laughs> oh god! Like how many different names can you can you um, switch out? <laughs> I think actually you might be my first shirt cocker friend. I feel like you have. Wait, what? <laughs> you seem you seem really into this. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I think. I think you're, this you're, is more- you're a potential. You're a potential shirt cocker. I, I actually think this is like one of my worst fears is to be caught in the state of a shirt cocker. Oh. Yeah. Meaning caught like unaware is like, oh, wow. about to put your pants on? Or? Well, no, like what? caught in a situation <laughs> where I put my shoes on and my shirt and somehow forgot to wear pants and Do you underwear. have nightmares about this? <laughs> it sounds like, like the it. Worst, it's the worst possible social situation. It's just an interesting <laughs> conversation <I> topic. <laughs> I'm just like imagining you as a baby getting oh, ridiculed by your family. <laughs> like you like lose you're a baby your and you're just like, yeah, you lost your diaper. And everyone laughs so hard that it stuck with you for the rest of your life. I've been scarred from some it. sort of subliminal experience that I had when I was a kid. And I've just erased the memory. You just had, this is like an but identity. But it's just this weird obsession now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll help you work through it. Okay. Yeah. So this becomes a therapy session right. to, to rid me of my fear of shirt cocking. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so we were talking about dancing in all space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure most people are fully clothed while they're dancing in all space. <laughs> it is a little scary. It's kind of like that fear of when you were, you know, when going on to AOL for the first time or something, and it's like it could be anyone. Yes, I think no matter what you introduce the, you walk into the internet, you never know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, what I found with all space that is surprising to me is that most people people seem to be generally good hmm. knocking on wood but okay. so far i have found that i mean we've done a lot of work like uh we are obsessed with trying to have a welcoming experience we have 24 7 moderation so when you go into alt space you will find somebody that works for our team that is ready there to answer your questions help you with anything and hopefully get any bad actors out as soon as possible in every space no in our in our lobby in our, our campfire oh. space so oh, our, our gotcha. communal spaces um has somebody there that you can go and find but you can okay, always easily gotcha. find them um and then we also have tools like blocking and muting so that if uh, somebody has – usually it's because they, they have a dog in the background or something or they're right next to an airplane. I don't know. Um, so you can, you can mute somebody so you don't need yeah. to hear them. Or if they are being inappropriate, you can block them so you never need to see them. They don't mm-hmm. know that they've been blocked – no, or no or harm, muted. No they don't know that either. No. Oh. oh like, so they have no idea. They have no idea. And that's, then also you have a you have a space bubble too that you can turn on and off so people can't enter your space. Oh, uh, so those tools and other things I think in general have made it a pretty positive uh, experience. But we've done 
like we did a partnership with NBC probably two years ago during mm -hmm. the presidential elections. And we showed live streams of the presidential debates um, between Hillary and Trump. And then we also mm. had uh, Al Roker, Chuck Todd, and Steve Kornacki putting on headsets and doing a live newscast in VR. Wow, that's really cool. And so we had a meeting before the NBC uh, live streams, and we were asking ourselves, we're inviting people from both sides of the political spectrum into mm -hmm. a space together and having them watch these things and talk about it. Yeah. yeah. This sounds like a disaster. Ta talk about yeah. risky. Yeah, <laughs> right? seriously. Yeah. And so we were all prepared. We had moderators in every single space. And what we found was when people were actually there, they talked. They 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 worked through their stuff. Like they, they had actual so, conversations. They had actual conversations. Yeah. Some of them they would they would get angry, but they couldn't hurt each other. And also it still turned <laughs> you, into you don't feel in physical danger. No physical danger. Weird. But also yeah. they still they still were talking. So on YouTube, you look at the comments and it's just like people just mouthing off at each other. But when yeah. you're making actual physical eye contact with somebody, even though they're an avatar, you, you feel still, like you know they're, they're looking there. at you. Yes. There's like you still feel that, that social that, pressure. You know they're watching you. Exactly. And you are watching them. And somehow that seems to make you a less nasty person. To a point where you are yeah. Actually, sometimes a good citizen, and then you found people that were really kind and open and having these really genuine conversations. So it bridges, it seems to bridge some of those things that are lacking from the experience of like debating on Twitter mm -hmm. or any sort of just asynchronous purely, conversation. Yeah, yeah. It seems, it seems to make people want to connect more. Okay. And so that gave me a lot of hope for, for Allspace being a place where you go in and you're just like, oh, like I actually want to be here. And, and, and people have made lifelong friends, people have gotten yeah. married. We've had, I think, four weddings now, people meeting in Altspace, then meeting in real life, and then getting married. That's awesome. Um, Some of them get married in Altspace, don't they? Yeah, we had, a, we had our, <laughs> we had the first social VR wedding. I have to be careful with how I say that because oh, there was an actual VR wedding in like the 1990s. What? And we found out after the fact. Oh. They were pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was not they the first us, they one. They sent us a nice little note. They're like, you're not the first. I was like, ah, we're not. Because <laughs> VR loves being the first. You yeah, always see people be like, I actually, I have do have one first that I'm proud of. I was going to say, yeah. My first was I taught the first yoga class in VR. No Ooh, way. I okay. did. That's I awesome. did. I didn't know that. And That's I had I had a vibe trackers and I saw everybody in front of me like lifting their, their arms downward into dog. the air. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't do downward dog in VR because oh. the headset will fall off. So I came up with oh. a whole VR I saw came up with a whole VR yoga class that took wow. advantage of standing poses. Yeah. It was okay. so much fun. So That's much really fun. Cool. But uh yeah, so people have gotten married. Um and the wedding that was actually in VR, we had the officiator was our social media manager who was was actually able to officiate the wedding in California, marrying two people in England. And then just in uh, case it wasn't legal, even though technically it, it should be. I mean, why not? They're yeah. in a space together. Yeah. They're yeah. officiator. Oh, they went across the street and got really married just in case. <laughs> but they had yeah. their wedding in, in alt space. That's really cool. Yeah. Have you attended a wedding in alt space? I attended that you, one. You attended oh, okay. that one? Oh, yeah. No, that was super exciting. What Was there anything, like, different about that wedding that you can't get? Like, would you want to have a VR wedding for any reason? It was <laughs> if well, you even if you didn't meet in VR or something. Yeah. Potentially. <laughs> is there, is there a draw? I, I think there's an industry there because because <laughs> what they did is they sent VR headsets to anybody that couldn't come to the wedding. Oh. And so people were able to just put on the headset and, and join be at them. The exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. Which and then like, yeah, and then he had fun the guy that put it on, he had a whole slideshow of like their memories together that he played halfway through and there was like some music and dancing and they had a whole environment that was like uh, it was like this like floating platform in space with like fireworks and moons and stuff going by. Oh, wow. It was that lovely. Is, 
That's amazing. Very, yeah, I guess you could construct. Maybe cheaper. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you That's don't have to rent all the space. That's actually a great question, though. It's like, how many animators would it take, or like <laughs> model builders, <laughs> to like build your perfect a- environment and then like cost check <laughs> that with the real world? Yeah, I <laughs> That's mean, a good question. Yeah. Well, you could create some pretty incredible environments in virtual reality without spending yeah. tens of thousands of dollars. I feel like. It's true. I've created one wine glass and blender, so I have that. <laughs> I have that going for me. <laughs> one of my favorite stories I like to tell too. My first friend that I met in VR was living in Bangladesh when I met him, and mm-hmm. he was an aid worker from Canada. And so he had been living in Bangladesh for about two years, working there, and his family had moved over with him. Mm-hmm. And then there was a terrorist attack there about two years ago now. And okay. I, had, I had traveled through Bangladesh the year before, so I knew yeah. the place, and I was just so excited to meet him. I'm like, oh, you live in Dhaka? That's so fascinating. Oh, this terrorist attack. And he's like, yeah, it was really terrible. We actually lost a couple of friends. And he was in Italy at the time with his family. Mm-hmm. And so his whole family had to go back to Canada for safety reasons, but he had to stay in Bangladesh and finish out his work. So now he was living uh, in Bangladesh and taking an armored vehicle to work and back, and he wasn't able to go out at night because there was just nobody would go out after this terrorist attack. And so he built a computer, bought a Vive, and then started using Altspace for all his social interactions. And so I met him and was just like, are you, wait, what? Yeah. And so I I asked uh, our CEO at the time if I can go to Canada to visit his family to Mm -hmm. give them VR headsets so they can meet their dad in VR. Yeah. So I go over there and I fly to Canada, I go to Ottawa, and I'm walking up the the driveway to this guy's house who I've never met. I just know him in virtual reality and mm-hmm. his name's his name is uh, Mef in in virtual reality. And his daughter is outside and she sees me and she runs back inside and I see, I hear her audibly yell to her mother, "She doesn't look like an axe murderer." <laughs> so I go in and I meet like, them. Ha no, I'm kidding. Like, oh, little and then, I, and then I murdered them with an axe. Like, oh, that's an like, my trunk is full story. of axes. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do that. Um, and so I put them in VR headsets. The whole family. So it was a mom and two girls. And it, the meth had created a a 360. A photo, a world inside a 360 photo of mm-hmm. his daughter Lily's bedroom, oh, and so I put on the headset on Lily, and she looks around, and she first she like lights up, she goes, oh, "There's my giraffe." Yeah, and you have to remember she hadn't seen her bedroom because from Italy she had to go straight to Italy, from Italy to Canada, so yeah. she had not been to her bedroom, and she looks around, and she goes, "There's my giraffe," and then she turns all the way around, and she lights up, and she goes, "Dad." And then for the next hour, these this family, and I'm just seeing like one end of the situation, they, they run around and they play with their father yeah. in old space. I talked to, to Mef the next day over Skype, and he says, I've tried Skype, I've tried <laughs> phone calls, but every time it makes me feel far from my family. Yeah. But he said last night in, like in yeah, he's like yeah. last night in alt space, the memory of it, the actual physical memory of it is mm-hmm. hanging out with my children. Not like putting on a headset and you being in this world. You forget the interface. You forgot That's entirely. Yeah. That Those are the stories that I'm like, okay, in periods of necessity, yeah. people are using this technology and showing what could happen yeah. over the next years as we make the technology better and better, yeah. what it can do for everybody. Mm-hmm. On that particular note, um, as right now you say that there's certain groups that are adopting the technology and it's still early in its development. We haven't really gotten like general public adoption yet um i think i think those in vr would agree yes yeah Yeah. so what what does it look like um from your perspective as far as like projecting outwards um to get to a point where more people are adopting it is that the goal um for you all and then 
what do you, how do you hope that people in general are using this in the near future or like in the coming decades? I mean, lots of people would look at it from like a dystopian perspective as well and say all kinds of negative things or say that it's completely ideal. So I'm just interested in like... Yeah, we love yeah. our post-apocalyptic scenarios. <laughs> uh, I think Altspace is obviously hoping that this becomes more easily accessible so yeah. everybody has a chance to decide for themselves the value that it brings into their own mm -hmm. lives. And I think that's the the goal for most technology. It's not like we we don't want necessarily alt space to be the thing that connects everybody, but if it brings value into people's lives, like we want people to have access to it. Yeah. Um, what's preventing people from from doing that? I think is is really you you have these VR headsets. It, it, it's very exciting to put on your head and the experience all these games, but the problem is that when you put it down, it's really hard to have a reason to put it back on your head. Yeah. It's, okay. it's and even just even just the feel of it. It's mm -hmm. it's heavy. You are separating yourself from the people around you. You have yeah. to be kind of by yourself. Yep. I think they found that most people use it at night because the rest of their family goes to bed, so they feel like yeah. it's more socially appropriate to put on their head. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, we are a long way from it being as easy as like taking out a phone pocket, taking out your phone from your pocket, looking at it, interacting really easily. Yeah, it's like it's just so cumbersome. Mm -hmm. So I think it's partly like we need amazing designers to create something that feels really easy and accessible to put on There's your head. There's a lot of engineering problems still mm -hmm. around just making them less cumbersome in general. And a way too that includes <laughs> the people around you. Yeah. Like there's cool games like this game called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, yeah. mm -hmm. which if you haven't tried it, it's just somebody is in a VR headset and the only way for them to succeed in the game that they're seeing is are the people around them are helping them with clues. Oh, so, so it's like you played in your living room with your family. Exactly. Okay, exactly. Gotcha. And yeah. I think that was an amazing show of, okay, let's bring everybody together into this VR experience. Yeah. It's just you by yourself. It's just, there's not much there. Yeah. Are you seeing in alt space what you've observed that it's, it's strangers meeting each other and then becoming friends in alt space and then continuing that friendship or like are people who are already friends deciding to meet up a lot just as much in alt space? So our goal was always to be the best place for you to feel like you could see your friends and family. But we realized really early on that your friends and family didn't have VR headsets. Right. So that's why we we really try to nail that stranger to stranger interaction and make and make friends so we can create the community that then is going to be um, the evangelists of VR to their friends and family. Yeah. But what we found is that there are people that are are using it. Like I my my father has become the biggest champion of VR. He has a rift and he visits me in, in all space all the time. I have an event every Wednesday from five to five 30. My father just randomly shows up I'm like dad, Aww, but dad. it's so fun because <laughs> yeah. my, I, you know, a little bit about this, but my mom's been sick for 15 years. She can't leave the house. My dad takes care of her in Oregon. So I never had the chance to, to really hang out with him all the time because it's hard for him to come and visit me. And so now VR has all of a sudden created this like really interesting way for us to interact and have fun. Um, and I actually got at one point my grandfather in VR talking. He was in New York. My father was in San Francisco, and they were talking through a VR headset. And it transformed my grandfather's <laughs> life. He was like, "Oh my god!" He was so he was so confused the entire yeah. time, but he loved every minute of it. <laughs> um, another one. There's a father son that come into old space. The son is is a paraplegic, um, okay. and so he. The son wears an Oculus Go. His father wears a Rift, and then they mm -hmm. hang out in in alt space because they feel like they can move around and play and interact with people. Yeah. And so you meet people like that, and so people are really trying to think of how do I how do I use this with my friends and family to have a good time. There's a mm -hmm. couple too that wrote a 
article about being in London and then being in California, they were doing a long distance relationship. And mm. then they went to Altspace and they went through a maze together and they went <clears> to <throat> our, our tavern and they like, uh, <laughs> and did all sorts of games with each other. And they felt like, oh, this is like, we actually got to see each other. Yeah. So people are using it that know each other. But I think right now we are more likely to have people um, who are strangers meeting each other in Altspace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. When so when you go in, there's into old space. There's different events, as you mentioned. So it could be anything from like concerts to just like a campfire um, to dancing, and you know, with no clothes on um, <laughs> uh, or no pants. So how? So you guys have old space has its own. I forget what you called it, but it's like its own its own rooms, like the ones that Altspace kind of owns, where you said you have a moderator in there and everything. What is our lobbies? Your yeah, lobbies. Yeah, it's the campfire right now is where most people hang out. Okay. Okay. And then how does it work? So other people build their own spaces and then do they like submit that? How, how do you even approve it? So we or have a couple different ways that you can, you can create content in Altspace. Mm -hmm. The easiest thing that anybody can can do automatically is you can create an event. And you can use one of our environments we already have. You can decide whether it's a meetup or something else. If you um, uh, if you want to create your own space, you can go into a, an empty space and we have a world builder feature mm -hmm. where you click on a button and it gives you all these things that you can drag and drop and create your own world like mm -hmm. Minecraft style. So people have an created editor. amazing things. Yeah, it's yeah. just an editor. Okay. Uh, for Halloween, there were eight different users that created um, different Ooh. parts of a haunted house. Oh. And then they and then we all went in and haunted it. So it's so fun. Somebody, oh, so you played the parts. Exactly. Oh my God. I was going yeah. around just being like, who stole my body? <laughs> It was so funny, just random people that would around That's the world awesome. just put an so Oculus Go yeah. and just like wander around and they made this haunted house. Um, so you can create <laughs> Do this. Do you have previous experience being a ghost? Oh, I'm very so good, good at, at ghosting. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm creeped out. Um, and then if people have general coding skills, we have a, we have an SDK. So you can oh. use Node.js and you can actually build your own environment. Oh, and, okay. and you can make games and activities that you can share with your friends. Gotcha. So based on like, and also we have a Unity uploader tool. So if you know, if you have a Unity environment you can bring mm -hmm. it into alt space so there's yeah. a bunch of different ways that you can actually create your own content and then share it with your friends yeah and has that been like a, the primary way that or have you all done more work or has the community done more, more work in creating all these interesting environments and like organically grown um the content for alt space so we feel like we are going we we fail if we don't build alt space with our users so yeah. there are a lot of environments that are beautiful created by our artists that work out on alt space but mm -hmm. most of the content that you run into in all space, it's probably community generated. Either if it's okay. an event cre created by a community member, mm -hmm. um, or they've they've used one of our environments and made it their own, or they've mm -hmm. created their own world. So in a lot of ways, we are very like user generated platform. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have we try to have some really awesome showcase examples of yeah. what our artists have made. Do people have to like com compete to market their own rooms? Like I feel like I would create my room and nobody would come and I'd be Aww. sad. <laughs> like how do I'd I get more people sad. to join me? Well, luckily, yeah, yeah, yeah. VR is so new that now you can make things and like people actually like have the chance to see them. Um, but mm. for all of our content, Maybe it's not inundated yet. It's good yeah, yeah, exactly. Time to get in. Okay. <laughs> get in exactly. early. Um, but we we do anything that uh, a user will run into, we do approve just to make sure that like we want, again, we want to, being inclusive, being welcoming is really important to us. So people can create whatever they want and they can have private rooms. But mm. if it's something that our users can interact with, we we definitely make sure that it's good for people to see. Mm. Mm. But but then how do they, but then how do they get it out to people? How do they let people know they have a room? If it is featured by us, then we have a worlds tab. 
So oh, in all space, you can go to worlds and you can see all the different worlds that people have made that we have uh, approved. That you've approved. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Got it. So you mentioned again, moderating uh, or just different things that you do to moderate users. Um, what what happens with those individuals that do get blocked by other people? Like how do they, I mean, you mentioned that they don't really know that they're not being listened to um, or mm-hmm. they're being blocked. So like, what is the... I try to block Jay all the time <laughs> <laughs> when he reads out like, wait, loud. Really? <laughs> no. When you read out loud, and I'm like, read to yourself, oh, Jay. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> well, me trying you're to like, block you. Gently tap the shoulder, and you're like, you need to read in your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one way that VR has made things so much easier than real yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> if only I could silence him without him knowing. <laughs> Which that's like that's uh, a that's like a Black Mirror sort of concept. If I you've know. Seen that a little bit. And I would hear yeah, your like, silly voices, no, yeah, like when you it, read Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to the question. Yeah, what happens to the the blocked? Yeah, like what happened? Yeah, what happens to the people that? Oh God, I don't want to quote Black Mirror so much, but there was a whole episode about. I remember this. Yeah, the societally shunned individuals. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't see that. One. It's a good one. It, it was the in, Instagram kind of like rating. People I didn't see and, it because I. I'm the shunned. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you was, should tell us yeah, how I'm, you feel I'm about it. I'm completely oblivious. <laughs> no yeah. idea. Like, why? <laughs> um, so we hope that people use the block tool as much as they need. And so it's really, it's not just necessarily blocking bad actors. Like a lot of times yeah. it's more that people just want to, they they want to define the social circle that they're in. Mm. And so if they just don't really like somebody or want to see them, they can, they can block them and, and, Again, that people do that. Yeah. Um, people that are blocked often, hopefully if it is because they're a bad actor, it gives them more incentive to not come back because now they're not getting any um, reciprocity to their actions because nobody's yeah. there anymore or paying attention to them or they've been blocked so often that it's not interesting to be there. Yeah. So our mm-hmm. hope is then that they just leave and never come back yeah i would have used that i should have used that on a guy a guy was burping really loud in alt space once he was burping a lot and i was like can you not sorry but i didn't use the blocking because he wasn't like technically doing anything wrong and i actually think he just had indigestion like i don't think he was like trying to (laughs) (laughs) trying to to, like upset me or other people or he was just like you're a bad person because you burped too much yeah you should have gone up to it gone up to him and just been like you need some water can i get you something so scared glass of water yeah. We had somebody order us pizza. One I was time. gonna say, like, I could order you a pizza. Yeah, and, yeah. We had and... we had somebody ordered a pizza from Alt Space and from inside Alt Space and then sent yeah. it to our office. That's no awesome. Yeah. Way. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But he wanted to do the first virtual delivery. Wait, <gasps> did, was there a delivery person that came up in Alt Space as well? No, that would have been funnier. Than... Uh, I was gonna say, like, that door <laughs> opens and there's a virtual pizza that guy. Been with good. A... <laughs> and it's not real pizza. And yeah, like everyone like, shares the these fuck? virtual oh, slices. That would... And... <laughs> that would just piss me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, I ordered you Domino's in alt space, not in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of like a good question. It's like, what is, what's what been one of your like biggest disappointments in alt or space? Or frustrations. Ooh. As like a user or as somebody that is creating in the VR space? Mm, let's talk about as a user first. First, yeah. So my biggest disappointment, I think, was initially when VR just launched on the major headsets. This is mm. probably like two and a half years ago. Okay. 
And within probably a month, the first sexual harassment cases started coming in. It actually wasn't through Altspace. Um, okay. It was, but it was the the news cycle for VR was full of oh, sexual harassment now all all over VR. Yeah. And we reacted in a really interesting way because I think in general we we knew no matter what, it they have a they have a phrase that's kind of terrible called TTP, time to penis. What? Who's what? they? Who has so this? When, yeah. when you are when you are developing, <laughs> Who coined that? If you are in any way a conscious uh, developer creator in uh-huh. in any MMO space, you need to think uh-huh. MMO being being uh-huh. multiplayer, uh, massively massively multiplayer, multiplayer online. online. Yes. So any Anything. of your World of Warcrafts, all the games that have a lot of people in a space together, yeah. MMORPGs. It, yeah. yeah. No matter your faith in humanity, you have to think as a creator: the thing that I am making, how fast is somebody going to abuse this? Yeah. It's just yeah. And in, exploit the environment. and you have to think of the worst of humanities. Like I need yep. to the worst person. What could they do with this? And then you have to design to make sure that that the worst can't happen. Mm-hmm. And so they came up with this phrase: the time to penis is just like what is the thing that I'm building and how fast can somebody abuse this or draw a penis out of it? Yeah. Um. <laughs> how, so wait, use that in a sentence. Like if you're in a meeting, you would yeah, be what, like, what is the time to penis? Like, of this yeah. What is the TTP? Is that it? Yes. Like we're we're yes. implementing oh a virtual whiteboard. What is the time to penis? Literally like five yep. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> the the time it takes to draw one. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. It's like, yeah, what is the TTP here? And then it gives you moments. <laughs> Three milliseconds. Exactly. Exactly. And you have to think it through. So uh, when when the sexual harassment cases started hitting, our our team was like, okay, we know this is going to happen in all space. What can we do to avoid this and try to cut it off at the pass? Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually had uh, some awesome women on our team, and that actually developed the, our first space bubble. Um, okay. So the and they. Space bubble. Space bubble. So an actual physical bubble around your space so people cannot get oh, into oh, oh. your space. Got you. To potentially harass you, Basically a grab you. Yeah. In the environment. Can exactly. you see your bubble? No, you cannot. So it's an invisible bubble. It's around uh, you at all force times. Force field. But uh-huh. can <laughs> others see your bubble? No. So, so, then, okay. so they just, they'll like stop if they're trying they to come disappear. towards you. They will disappear. So if they put their oh. hand into your space, oh. your hand disappears. It's fascinating. But then you have to, but then you get, if you're, I I nerd about this so hard. So you have to be careful though about your space bubbles because you have to think through, okay, so if I am maybe a bad actor and going towards you, Kelly, Mm -hmm. and I put my hand out into your space, my hand's going to disappear because then I'm not getting any satisfaction about like. You're like, you don't get to see yourself poking. Got it. Exactly. It disappears to you and it also disappears to me. Yes. Okay. Okay. But the hard thing is that for the third person point of view, you always have to think through what do they see? Uh. Um, Because you don't want somebody to be able to abuse somebody third person but the problem is that we realized uh this was a learning moment so if you have your space bubble turned on and you're a troll you could technically hang out in like a doorway and then everybody that goes through that doorway disappears yeah so you have to be really careful it's like what is you have to think through the first person second person and third person point of view with anything that you create yeah but luckily what we found is that so if you are a third person point of view you will see the interaction but the thing is because the person can't see their interaction happening they actually can't troll you very well yeah there's no way for the there's no satisfaction for the third person so we were able to be like okay the third person does not see it you're really mitigating and second person does but this is why i'm so confused and i apologize but so my thought was the troll or whatever is the person <laughs> doing the action. But no, we're talking about a third person. Who's watching the two. So interact. there's the predator who's yeah. the person. Uh, uh, let's say in this example, they're attempting to grope. Yes. Okay. You're a grope 
Grope my, grope my avatar. <laughs> so, Katie, you're the groper. You're trying to. I would never do that. I know. You would, though. You, I think you would. <laughs> you're cute. You're not that cute. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She's very cute. She's this, is very going, cute. this is getting out of hand. Yes, quickly. Kelly, I would, okay, I would grope you. Okay, but let's say, for example, say, okay, so, Katie, you're, you're the groper. You attempt to grope me. I have my space I'm bubble just on. The bystander so you're here hand, watching. Yeah. Well, literally, that's what I'm going to get into. So, so your, <laughs> your hand situation. disappears into my bubble yes and or sorry and i don't see your hand and it also and you don't see it either so you essentially become handless you lose a hand yes what do then you're talking about what jay might see in this scenario exactly but i see a person groping digitally another person well the thing is my hand disappears so i can't grope her anymore i don't know where my hand is in space you don't as as the as the groper like i I no longer see it so it'd be hard for me to create a situation where you as a third person is seeing the trolling because i can't actually physically see what i'm doing yeah so it's really but what you were initially saying or kind of assuming is that there was a time where jay was the third person could see what was happening that's the only person right now yes the third person can see everything that's happening because you don't want people to troll with their space bubble so, so if I'm a troll yeah. and I want to use a space bubble for evil, okay. I could I could go into Chaos. a communal space and wander around and make people disappear. I could stand next to you and make you disappear. <clears throat> oh, right? it just yeah, yeah. So that, like you can't participate in, now in interacting with people. Exactly. I know you said that with the doorway thing, and I didn't get it. Yeah. But now I do. No, it's just a, okay. But it's interesting for anybody designing for a VR space. You have to think of all the different perspectives, right? So it's like you need a troll on your uh, team to be like, "How would you troll <laughs> this environment?" Yeah, like you got to get somebody that thinks that way. And exactly. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. let me try to like exploit and, and break this in every possible way. Mm-hmm. Wait. Uh, so the conclusion was that these third third, third person, person can they, see they can see everything because yes. that way, yeah. But it's very okay. hard to do something intentionally weird. Right, right. Without being able to have a hand or an arm. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And okay. also they're not getting any satisfaction out of it because they're yeah. not seeing it themselves. Yeah. Right, right. So you may unintentionally see groping happen. Yes, that's <laughs> as true. As a bystander. That's true. It's like, was that an accidental grope? I think I saw You're an like, accidental ah, grope. I saw, the, wait, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Well, actually. The uh, intent was not there. <laughs> I, we don't have to get into this now because I feel like you had a question, but I do want to come back to or discuss now, like, is there, like, sex in alt space? Oh. Do people, is... like, okay, well, here's why, because I did see people making out one time, and I was Wait, like, is that really? wanted? And, well, it, and it was as satisfying? close to making out as possible. I don't know. How? I mean, like it was just... like they were kind of joking around being like, you know, but, like, that makes me think <laughs> about, like, do people actually use it as, like, a, a love? Well, like I, an intimacy. I can, talk, yeah. I can talk about virtual hugs. And oh, okay. and it's it's interesting. That's become kind of a thing. So when I see my friends in alt space, I get really excited. I turn off my space bubble and I go up to them and we have like a really good hug. Oh, okay. But so you hu- let down your guard for a second. Yeah. You- oh yeah. Many times I don't have my space bubble on because I'm yeah. just like I'm around friends. You want to yeah. like side kiss the whole deal, like the cheek kiss. You just like lean in. Yeah, but it thing. feels really real. So because you so see you them c- come close to you. Yeah. Yeah, you feel ah, like you so, feel like yeah. you are in their physical space, yeah. and you actually feel like a little bit of like an endorphin rush from yeah. like the the from the hugs. proximity. Yeah. So you could you could assume that if that is true, then all the ways that people can interact probably like feels hopefully good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so with people in a space like that where they are like disembodied in a way, um, and we were talking about this earlier with like platforms like Twitter or Facebook, just general normal social media. Um, you know, obviously people are completely detached so they can just be as rude as they want to, to everyone else. Whereas in alt space, you can tell that someone's making eye contact with you and that brings it down to a level of interaction where 
you feel like you need to be more respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, but how much, I mean, with people that are doing the trolling and like the whole reason that you need to have that sort of protective bubble sometimes, um, like I'm, I'm really, I'm not even sure how to really phrase the question. It's more around just the, uh, the disembodiment psychology of like putting on a mask. I feel like there's still a lot of that where you're having a dance party. I feel like I would be a lot less hesitant to just go crazy mm-hmm. um, because you're not looking at my actual body. You're looking at my digital self. True. I yeah. think I think we're getting closer. So I think when you go from Twitter or Facebook and you go into alt space mm-hmm. or any sort of VR environment, I think you feel a little bit more there. Or like quite a bit more there. I think it's it's leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um. But you still feel like there's you have an an anonymity. Um, yeah. There's and like a separate self. Yes. That is people are looking at. But I think we're. But I think that's what um those that are creating the the future was that this technology is going to be tasked with is how do we make that um that that line or that uh that line between reality and you mm. feel closer yeah like your your external or your separate identity in the virtual space right and trying to merge that and get that ever closer to your your centered identity and i think if you talk to a bunch of people in all space i think they'll say like they are actually there that is them they feel connected to their avatar and their body and they feel yeah. like it's really them um so even the trolls i feel like in alt space don't really last very long because they're the people that come in for a day and then they leave for good. The people that yeah. stay, like they, they honestly feel like it's their home, it's their community, it's their they they feel attached to the person they are there. Yeah. So it's like after a period of time, you decide if you embrace it, like you really decide to kind of suspend your own disbelief mm-hmm. and separation from the avatar, and you just kind of take ownership of it. And, and I, I think if you try it, I'd be really yeah. curious to hear what you think because I think it's actually not that hard to do. Yeah. Um. Like yeah. I feel when I go in there, I am my avatar. Yeah. I, it feels it is it I see my hands they are my my hands same like mm-hmm. when you're driving and you you hit somebody else you don't say my car hit somebody else you said I hit somebody yeah, else you yeah. become the in, the body of the thing that you are currently in and an avatar is just like a car I wonder so I would imagine this is all it's all the same with MMOs or or RPGs when you're playing a character in a video game or something like that and you're becoming that character I guess the difference is that you're rarely actually playing yourself you are literally playing a character and that's a distinction that alt space makes we try Mm. to make we try we hope that you feel like you are your authentic self in alt space so we encourage people to have their real names um to kind of look like themselves if they want to choose an avatar that feels like them we don't want you to play a part we want you to be you you yeah do you find that there are certain types of people or people with certain backgrounds or past experience that are able to embrace that or suspend that disbelief of identity more easily than others? Can you give me an example? What kind of backgrounds? So from my own personal experience, um, I have a really good friend of mine who lives on the East Coast. We've grown up together. like We knew each other since middle school, I think. Um, and we've played a lot of video games of different kinds growing up. Um, we're both the type of people that always really enjoyed RPGs in particular or role-playing games where you take on another character and you just play as if that is you. Um, and in these games, whether it was an RPG or an MMO online or it's Minecraft on like a server, um, we very easily just drop into this state where we're looking at one another's avatars through a computer monitor, not a VR headset. But we can look back years later on some experience or adventure that we had in a Minecraft server and 
when I think about it and talk about it, it's like we actually did that. It's It doesn't feel any different than when we both lived in Hawaii together and were hiking in the mountains. It really does not feel that different as a memory than when we were hiking through mountains in Minecraft at one point. Did you hear about the marshmallow concert in Fortnite a couple weeks ago? Mm, I feel like I've heard that mentioned, but I don't know about so it. So in Fortnite, one of the most popular games or the most popular game right now, oh, like um, especially, among, the especially among the teenagers, yeah. um, they did this really innovative thing where the, the game is basically you are dropped into a world and you battle royale mm -hmm. until the last person's left. And they're like, oh, what else can we do with that? So they invited Marshmallow, one of the coolest EDM uh, <laughs> uh artists out there <laughs> to come in and do a do a concert. So they built a stage, they built an avatar of marshmallow with a marshmallow head and then they had oh, wow. giant dancing marshmallows next to him and then people came in. They turned off all the killing things so you couldn't kill yeah. each other and people just went and they could program themselves to dance and and do this yeah. go to this concert. Yeah. Like, their whole like yeah, and yeah. I was I was uh, I was contacted by Wired the next day because they were just like, "Hey, you guys have been doing this for years," and I was yeah. so glad that he made that connection mm -hmm. because. And what was interesting about the Marshmallow concert is that I was talking to a mom that works over at Microsoft. And she was like, yeah, my son's going to go to this concert this mm -hmm. weekend. And the way she phrased it is he is going to a concert. He felt like he was going to his first concert. Yeah. This was not I am going in a game and I am a character and I'm going to go yep. to a concert. I am physically going to and this concert. And it's not even yeah. in VR for, for the Marshmallow concert, no, right? Like no. this is just looking at your computer yeah. screen. And they felt like they were there. Oh. And so, so we're taking yeah. another step forward where you are actually in the audience experiencing these these yeah. things. We had Reggie Watts come t two or three months ago and he's the the band, um, the leader of the band for the Late Late Show. Mm -hmm. And he does he does shows in VR yeah. and people go and they're just like, oh my God, like I got to see Reggie. I mm -hmm. got to like have this moment with Reggie. They felt like they were there with Reggie Watts. Yeah. I heard too that he also likes, I don't know who was telling me this, maybe you were, but uh, it was, he likes to also have people in the room with him, meaning as a performer, mm -hmm. you can decide to actually not really be in the room with, with avatars. Is that right? But That's he true. always decides- okay. To have people in the room. Yeah, because he wants to engage and talk right. to people. Which may, yeah. obviously that they makes feel sense. Like others so, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just, I, I have a hunch that certain, depending on like your experiences growing up, like your brain can be trained to more easily like disembody. Mm -hmm. um, so like some people have a more difficult time doing that and dropping into that sort of environment outside of VR. I feel like VR just lowers the barrier and just makes it that much easier for you to do. I could say that. Because it's just more convincing mm -hmm. overall. It's mm -hmm. more senses. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. find, Katie, that like your avatar and how much time you spend in alt space, do you, you say it's your most authentic self, but is there anything that you like about your avatar or your kind of persona in alt space that you don't get in real life? Or That's that you're really almost interesting yeah. question. That is. I the thing that has come out with me in VR that I was I didn't expect. I so I do a lot of events in old space. Um, I've now hosted I've hosted a bunch of random celebrities and uh, talked to thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And I've never that's never been part of my personality. I've never been a presenter. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden in this role, now that I've done it so many times, and usually it's when everything's going wrong. Like we've, yeah. we we try really hard to to push the boundaries on like live events in VR. And when you're mm -hmm. doing live anything, you're always ready for things to just, you <laughs> just, want, you just want to give up. You yeah. just want to give up. Um, <laughs> and so I've been in a situation where I've been on stage 
talking to, to thousands of people and everything's going wrong and, and feeling awesome and feeling great about it and bringing them along with him. Like, I'm like, everything's broken. And they're like, yeah. everything's broken. <laughs> but, the, but then it, when it goes, and then it goes right and everybody's so excited and yeah. they're just like cheering you on. And like they don't care that there were, you know, things that happened in the meantime. Exactly. It's, because it's, it's, it's exactly why people tune in to watch a live musical on NBC. Yeah. It's like, you don't know what could go wrong, but yeah. it's also so interesting to be part of that live experience. Yeah. And so I, I tapped into this part of me that I had no idea was this like performer slash like uh, presenter. Okay. And it's really, it's opened up a whole side of me where mm -hmm. I feel my public speaking skills have gotten better. And now yeah. I do like talks more often, but it's yeah. all thanks to, to Altspace. Yeah. And we've actually talked about having just, uh, um, what are those called? Toastmasters? Yeah, yeah. In or even yep. like debates. I think it's all the same. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's such an easy way for people to get on stage and just talk to a bunch of people. It's yeah. like you don't even need to imagine them in their <laughs> and underwear. You can literally <laughs> avatars. And afterwards you can literally disappear. You're like exit the environment. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you lost the debate and you're just completely embarrassed, yeah, you can yeah. just log exactly. out. You freeze up and black out. Exactly. And yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. That is a great answer. So Thanks what? What was it about the environment in alt space that I guess brought you over that threshold where like you didn't discover that element of yourself in normal world or normal mm -hmm. reality, but something about alt space and being in that digital arena sort of brought it out? I think it's it's partly that you don't feel because because everybody they're they're all avatars. It yeah. doesn't quite feel as insane as like being on top of a stage and just seeing like. Every single expression, everybody staring at you. Yeah. yeah, so I think it was maybe that, but it was also it. It feels very familial, and also I've been a part of this community for so long from mm -hmm. the beginning of when they actually put on, like people started putting on their headsets. I know most of them. So you just felt more comfortable. I felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. I felt like I could talk to people directly. It was just, okay. uh, yeah, and and I. Also, they want you to succeed. It's mm -hmm. there's something. So I, I've told you a little bit earlier about this summer camp that I go to every year. It's yeah. a summer camp for adults, and they have a <laughs> talent show at the end of the summer camp. And it, the whole goal is if you've never performed in front of people, get on that stage because we are going to root you on like crazy. Oh, so, just like so no matter. Oh, oh, that yeah. was that so, was definitely a fluffy moment. Oh, <laughs> such a fluffy moment. Yeah. And people get on stage, and some and some people killed it. Like they were the best performers That's anywhere. Awesome. They just popped to the woodwork, and then other people would just like sing "Row, Row, Row Your Boat," and like they sounded <laughs> terrible. And people are on and their feet like, cheering. People like, are just like, "You row that boat." <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's honestly how I feel in old space all the time because they're just like this like happy band community of people that just like want to root you on. So yeah. no matter what I do, they're like, "You rock, Keegan." My name and my name in old space. They're like, "You're amazing. We love you so much." I'm just like, "How do you not love this?" Yeah. <laughs> That's really nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I was curious a little bit about like your competition, I guess, or the industry in general, like the specific uh, industry yeah. to alt space. It's like I've heard of VR chat. Mm -hmm. um, Rec room. Mm -hmm. High fidelity. Okay. High oh, yeah, that's that right. One? Mozilla okay. hubs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Spaces, newer... rooms. Okay. Mm -hmm. So – what are are there like standards that are being created? Are you guys communicating with one another? Or at this point, is it just kind of like right. every yeah. man or woman for themselves? Oh no, we're good friends. Really? <laughs> yeah. I feel like the industry is so small that yeah. I know I know somebody at every one of those places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, like close friends at every one of those places. Okay. I've, I've we've worked together. It's like we've been through battle together. 
I think this, if anything, we just want the industry to succeed. It's like you just want the metaverse yeah. to happen. I was, was going to yeah. say, yeah. <laughs> because you're still, tr- I mean, it still kind of feels like it's just trying to reach that mass adoption. Yeah. And still feels a little bit uncertain about the future. I think so I think it's, it's that. I think it's also that, I th- and maybe it's another fluffy moment, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like we we want to support each other and we know what's best for VR right now is just awesome yeah. content. And so if they can figure it out and that just gives us the better chance of reaching more people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I feel I feel really good about the social VR community of people and there's some amazing people in that space. Mm-hmm. Um but all of, and all of the, all of us are a little bit different. Um, like, like VR chat, I feel like is really about like, you can create anything, you can create your own avatars. Um, you can go in there and it's, it can feel chaotic, but also amazing. And people have made like lifelong friends. Um, but it's definitely, and it's, it's mostly on PC right now. Uh, we're very mobile centric. So if you have a mobile headset, you can use alt space. Um, we're much more about, um, like a very welcoming, a little bit more of a, um, an experience that you go into, you kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, and then like, there's also Sansar and which is the, um, VR version or the people that created second life. It's their, their kind of VR world. Yeah. And we know people over there too, and they're doing some amazing work. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like we're, we're out for blood right now. It feels like, Hey, how do we make this world a little bit better? Do you think that was lucky or do you think that's like, because it's the beginning of the industry or, Mm -hmm. I think it's because I think it's because VR still feels like a very tight community, mm-hmm. which is which is good and bad because then right. it, it means that a lot of people aren't getting into that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my hope is that it becomes maybe a little bit less familiar right. as, as more people start getting into it. Yeah. But right now we we mostly know each other. Mm-hmm. That's a really good segue into how you got into this space, actually, <laughs> because they're really at least years ago there definitely weren't like programs at a university where you could study vr mm-hmm. like that just wasn't a thing no i i had a very roundabout way to get into vr i actually started in advertising um oh, i was okay. a producer for a number of years and i was a copywriter so the person that's like writing the ads yeah um i did radio and i did tv for a while and then really? i yeah yeah i did almond mounds and uh york peppermint patty <laughs> Yeah, okay. there's some there's there's some TV spots that are still out there on the interwebs that I that I helped make, which is really funny. That's I saw awesome. one one poor woman. I I made a I made an ad where we had one woman just eating a peppermint patty over and over and over again, and we recorded her different reactions. <laughs> she went through like 130 York peppermint oh. patties. There was like just a spit bucket for her uh. to. Spit out the, oh, it was, it was, was the opposite of a fluffy moment. No, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much I fun. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so much, much fun. I was like this little, love... this little copywriter from New York just being like, oh, I'm making an ad. Have fun. <laughs> how did you even get into that? Because yeah. like we did stalk <laughs> you. We did stalk you a little bit. And didn't you study like history and Japanese? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We saw <laughs> you did stalk me. Yeah. Of course we did. Well, yeah. this was fun for me because like we know each other and I'm like, wow, I don't know Katie nearly as much. Like, we're always talking in these group settings. I didn't get to grill you like this. I love it. I love it. And remember, like, a core part of this is that we really want certain people listening that are in a position where, like, they haven't gotten into this industry. Mm-hmm. Or they yet. don't believe, like, they can. Or yeah, something. I just... Oh, anybody can get into this industry. Yeah. It's like, it's it's so easy to feel like, oh, there's no way that I'm ever going to be able to get into yeah. that. Or, like, it's just, I don't have the right experience. It, like, people don't believe that they can make that pivot mm-hmm. later in life, whatever it is. Well, Crazy. the nicest so. thing... 
Well, the nice thing about new technology is that the rules haven't been set yet. Yeah. Nobody nobody knows how to do this right. So yeah. it needs a lot of diverse people to like come in and start making those rules. So for me, yeah, I did I did advertising for a number of years. I I started with history and Japanese mostly because I wanted to be a filmmaker and my school didn't have filmmaking. So I'm like, I like reading. So sure, let's do history. <laughs> and yeah. I wanted to live in Japan for a little while. Um, and then I just got an internship at an ad agency from like just a, a friend and it turned out I loved it, and so I stuck with it. Hmm. And then I moved to San Francisco, followed a girl out there, and started working <laughs> at a startup. Mm-hmm. And then I got really into startup life. Um, I worked for probably three or four different startups. Definitely its own lifestyle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. And I was a copywriter. I did marketing. Um, and then I worked for a nonprofit for two years as the director of communications. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was working at the nonprofit, I went to the Future of Storytelling Conference in New York, which okay. if you haven't oh, heard wow. of it, it's amazing. It's a great little – It's wow. it, it's a gathering of people that are trying to come up with the future of storytelling in general. Al Gore was there. Uh, oh. Even Edward Snowden was like piped in on a Skype call. Uh, Edward like Snowden on the future of storytelling. I know. Skype David call. Blaine like did some magic tricks. He was floating in the sky. Yeah. yeah. It was so good. But they had a VR tent and I never tried oh. VR. You just said he was floating in the sky. This is not in VR, Jay. This is in real life. <laughs> but it's David Let's Blaine. Back. That's literally oh, what oh, he does. I see. I see. I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, have you ever seen Sorry. him in his magician things where he's out on the he sidewalk? Levitate. Yeah, he, and we he never see it. Float. You never actually you see never him see levitate, it. but people are people. Reacting. The way people react, they're just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, like he actually did float off the sidewalk. So, like, he might have. Uh, never, you never really know. know. Um, anyways, anyways tangent. Yeah. So I so I went into this VR tent and I put on the first headset I I came across and I was transported to the experience where I was a linebacker running down a field. Ooh. The football oh. was under me. My hair yeah, was, was just like blowing in the wind. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and I and I got there and I did the touchdown and my big muscly arms reached into the air and I took off the headset and I was like, holy shit! Whoa. What? This was so good. I was like, what? And he's like, this is amazing. Suddenly and I tried felt to, like someone different. Yeah, I kind of I kind of wish my first VR experience was maybe like something else but you know everybody's everybody's got their first yeah Yeah, everybody's got their first um and i remember there was one other woman in the vr tent and she was uh giving some demos and i asked her how many women are in this space like who's who's like doing this and she goes not enough and i remember thinking this is so like i felt so transported yeah and so how i didn't i was worried about another technology created being created by a homogenous group. Mm-hmm. And so there was partly I was just fascinated by it. And it was the first time I felt like so so much childlike wonder. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I need to get into this space. Um, and so I just started looking around and uh, Altspace hadn't, again, launched on any VR headsets. Um, but from a friend of a friend of a friend, I uh, got connected <laughs> to this guy. And he's like, yeah, just come out, check out Altspace and it changed my life. Yeah. Um, and I worked at Altspace spe- and originally as a product marketing manager. Mm-hmm. But what okay. quickly- More towards your background. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But what was interesting was marketing in VR, especially in social VR, means you are talking directly to people. And so my job quickly became not just like sharing a story, but directly interacting and then sharing Mm -hmm. that story with the rest of the team. And then also making recommendations for how to actually make those people's lives better. And then events became marketing directly to people. So all of a sudden my role started becoming everything that Altspace was like from the community up. Mm-hmm. And so I started managing the community. I started. Oh, interesting. Cause <laughs> right. it's like all the users, like if yeah. you, you're, you're, con- you're starting that relationship with potential users, then you're like continuing it in some ways to get feedback with them. And then you're eventually just naturally kind of managing that community. Is exactly. that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. It was just so interesting. Cause now I, 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 I run the team. Like I, I, I basically run Altspace, 
but I started from such a very different position. Yeah. And so, and then we were acquired by Microsoft and we moved up to, to Redmond, our team. And initially I was like the head of engagement. So my job was still community building. Um, but I, my job was still advocating for the community, recommending features to actually make their lives better. And then that's, that role slowly just started becoming like, wait, if you're the one like fostering the community and fostering like our, our roadmap and our ideas, like yeah. they just kept giving me more and more responsibility. Like they're just like, they're just like, idea. fine, just, just, just run it all right. Yeah, Everything, like go, out, me. go, go for it. Just go <laughs> just for it. figure out what works. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It totally makes sense because VR is something that you can't just show a person mm -hmm. like someone else doing it and say like, look at this awesome thing. You have to like engage them in it. Right, exactly. In order for them to understand. Exactly. That's really cool. What has been like one of your biggest challenges changing your position from community manager to moving up to running alt space? Oh my god, so many things. <laughs> Besides like everything. <laughs> um actually it hasn't I uh, my my best friend in the one of my best friends, I was visiting her in San Francisco a couple weeks ago and um when I got word that I was I was going to be running the team um, she got me a book called Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Yeah. I haven't amazing. read it, but I have heard so of it. Good. I believe it's on my Kindle somewhere. But, but the it's sweet, on a wish list. Yeah. But the sweet thing is in the cover, so she, on the first page, she had written a quote from Harry Potter. And it was the quote where Hagrid is telling Harry, it's like, the people that are, are born to greatness, like, don't always want it. It's not like the people that want power aren't, aren't always the best ones that want to lead. Yeah. It's the people that accidentally fall into that role that find out that they're they're good leaders. Mm. And she she written that for me, and I remember being like so touched by that. But I think that I never really thought of myself as needing to be a leader. Not that I couldn't be a leader, mm -hmm. but I think what has been really interesting. And I hope other people feel, especially especially women that are aspiring to do it, yeah. um, or just anybody for that matter. But that you you don't know who you're going to be until you're in those positions. And there's probably some superpowers that you don't know you have that are going to come yeah. out when you do that. And mm. for me. For me, I'm really, I'm really obsessed with just seeing people happy and excited to like come in and do their thing. Mm -hmm. And so this has given me the, sh the chance to actually to, to impact that. So instead of feeling that much pressure about it, it feels a little bit more like play. So even my, I have all hands um, like once a month where you just invite your whole team to come together and you talk mm -hmm. about, oh, what are we doing next? Yeah. I start everyone with a game. It's like five nice. minutes um, and camp, summer camp has definitely helped inform yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say my inspired. Favorite, my favorite is Rock, Paper, Scissors, Superstar. Oh. Have you played this game? No. no. But I love Rock, Paper, Scissors. Oh, you'd be <laughs> so Huge good fan. at this. So good at this. Um, so you just have everybody play Rock, Paper, Scissors with one person. Uh -huh. And it's it's West Coast rules. It's Rock, Paper, Scissors. Rock, Paper, Scissors. And on scissors, you put your scissors down, not shoot. Just like, uh, oh, I hate wait, oh, the that... West Coast. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm West used to Coast like rules. Rock, Paper, Scissors, shoot. Nope. Rock, Paper, Scissors. It's all right. It's all right. We'll we'll figure out those those rules later. I feel um, like glaring across I'm the room. So <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> caught in the act. She was burning you yeah. with those eyes. I've seen those eyes before. I've seen them. Um, yeah, and then so you, you play off against each other, and then whoever wins, instead of com or ever whoever loses, mm. they don't complain. They don't whine like, "Oh, I lost." They become the winner's biggest fan. And so what happens oh, is then the then the winner goes and finds the next person, yeah. and then whoever wins 
that one, they get all the other people that had lost. They yeah. become their biggest like groupies and their fans. Okay. So by the end of it, within like a couple minutes, you have two sides of that are just like screaming the person's name, <laughs> and they are so into it. And then you have a final battle, and then uh -huh. whoever wins, it's the best rock paper scissors oh superstar. Nice. Yeah. So fun. And the reason we do it is that we can't possibly create a community of people that are having fun together unless we know how to have fun with each other. Yeah. And so I feel like in general we make work so much work. Why? <laughs> It's like it's it's such it's such a large part of our our day and our time and also yeah. the thing we're making is where people go to have fun. So we need to find a way to bring the play into it and mm -hmm. also just support each other because just as those the 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 users yelling me on or encouraging me during my alt space stuff, mm -hmm. if we're not encouraging each other and like hoping for the best for each other and our team, how are we going to possibly like make something that users feel like they're compelled to like feel good and support each other? Yeah. That's so crazy because it seems like you were a natural um, at this particular thing, which was getting people excited and engaged in these games and experiences. So, like, it, at least from the outside, it seems like you'd have you're to ask my team members. Fit. Hopefully, they like it too. They're like, "Oh, not another game." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I say, hate fun. You're like, I love these games. They're so much fun. <laughs> you talk to your team. <laughs> like, oh, you know, gosh. there's one person. <laughs> no, but that's actually that's actually no, an important part that I think I've been trying to to work on this like past couple of weeks is mm -hmm. also recognizing where people are at. You have introverts, yeah. you have extroverts. Yeah. So it's like no matter what gives me joy, may not give somebody else <laughs> yeah, joy. So even in the fun yeah. extrovert games, I still give an option. If this doesn't feel like your thing, just watching is just as fun. Just mm. go have a good time and watch the play. What is your biggest hope for the future of social VR? Mm. I really hope now that we're at the beginning of creating a whole other technology that we do it the right way. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. we are still facing the repercussions of the technology we've made in the past that wasn't thought out. Mm. And like it just happened so it fast. It just happened. Yeah. Like the fact that the internet is kind of based around advertising mm -hmm. yeah. and clicks and like just eyeballs. What if social VR is kind of the fabric of the new internet? Yeah. And whether it's alt space or not, or some hopefully some combination of all these other apps, what if the new way of like surfing the web is actually going to a space, interacting with people? Mm -hmm. um, instead of sharing a website, you share your home space that is actually a physical space that people can go into. Yeah. And so now if it becomes the future of the internet, how do we make it in a way so that people can support each other in a positive way? And also mm -hmm. how do we... I, that's why we're so obsessed with like a welcoming community. I hope that the future of the internet or um, the future of the metaverse isn't necessarily Ready Player One. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. there's there's a lot of people that want to live in that world, and I hope that portion of the world exists. I was gonna say, I, mean, I feel like they could coexist in a way that you decide what you want to experience exactly. and do, and that's fine. Well, that's why the internet was so amazing. People could yeah. go into it and go, "I'm going to create a whole new startup, a whole new company," because the mm -hmm. internet gives me the ability to. Now, imagine if you <clears throat> you you take that one step further and it becomes a physical space. Yeah, and so you have people now that don't need to move to Silicon Valley or Seattle or New York to have a, make a difference, they can they can create an entire new way of uh, anything. Like we can't even imagine it. Like yeah. you could be again, at some, some, somewhere in South Africa and be able to make um, this space and all of a sudden you can connect the entire world to it. Yeah. Like that's what I hope that we, we, we do it in the right way and we figure out, again, I really care about um, democratizing experiences and yep. giving everybody the best chance to experience this world with us. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like VR has a really good potential to do that. Katie, thank that you was awesome. so much.
Thanks for listening to Reality Quest Podcast. Thank you so much. This is such a big deal. It's our first episode. Yeah, our first episode ever. Huge milestone. We are pretty excited. Um, A huge thank you to Katie Kelly for being our guinea pig. Um, Katie, we love you. And everyone else will love you after this, too, I'm sure. You made it. You made it through the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) You You took the journey with us. Yeah. Um, So uh, for those of you who want to follow Katie, and you definitely should, our wonderful guest, you can find her on Twitter at OKKTK. That is O-K-K-A-T-I-E-K-A-Y. And then also that social VR app we talked about a lot, Altspace VR. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you should definitely go check that out. You do not need a headset. I repeat. You do not need a headset. Where do you find that? So you go to altvr.com. Thank you, Jay. Uh, So that's A-L-T-V-R.com. And so if you have a headset, it works on Samsung Gear VR, Oculus Rift, Quest, and of course, Windows Mixed Reality. Mm -hmm. Now, if you do not have a headset, uh, you can go into this 2D mode thing on your computer. Um, So just go to the website. They'll tell you everything there. And I think it also works on some Samsung phones, though I don't feel super positive about that. So you should check them out. And um, and the thing is you're in the same world as everyone else so it's cross-platform you're talking to people who are in headsets jump into that same space right yeah or maybe not in headsets even if you have a headset sometimes you you don't have it handy and so you need to go in through your your pc or something um (laughs) so anyways check katie out check alt space out jay what else so if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more we will be releasing a new episode bi-weekly on Monday mornings. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> start your start your week fresh with reality. Yeah, yeah quest. during your, your morning commute or, Ooh, or whatever time you enjoy listening yeah. to podcasts. Um, you can find us as Reality Quest on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, basically anywhere that you like to dive into the wondrous mystical world of podcasts. Um, we will also be setting up a Patreon account, so you will be able to find that link as well if you enjoyed us enough to support us and you want us to keep making more episodes and talking to more interesting people and you know driving this whole uh, ship forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we also have a website, uh, realityquestpodcast.com, where you can learn more about the whole endeavor. Yeah. And yeah. also, I think, Jay, uh, they can email us through that. Is that right? Yes, you will be able to email us Yeah, as well so definitely um, email us, communicate with us in whatever way you can contact us, whether that's through the website or you know us personally. But yeah. we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear what you liked, what you didn't like, um, <laughs> and who you might want to have on. Mm. Or if you're somebody who's interested in coming on the show, you have something interesting to share and talk yeah, about. Yeah, definitely reach out to your community, your friends, people that aren't even in XR that might have something interesting that they can contribute to the space because we're trying to bring new people new blood into this industry and really for sure yeah, jumpstart some creativity yeah so we'd love to hear from you thank you so much for listening and you, stay everybody. tuned two weeks and we'll come yeah. out with another one and yeah. it's gonna be awesome see you in a couple weeks thanks everyone bye, bye.